Johnny. Do you want to go to an ice cream social? Yeah, I'd love to. Great, let's go. Ice Cream Social, recorded right here, Las Vegas, Nevada, second episode of the week, and I am pumped because sitting across from me, that's Paul Mattingly. And I am swole because sitting across from me, that's Matt Donnelly. Oh, man. Uh, We just, uh, if you listened to the last episode, we interviewed Casey, super funny. I already want to bring her back. Mm -hmm. They're so sharp. If you go back to the episode again, there were so many little moments where we make... We, we bring up something brand new to throw her story off kilter, and she has a joke like immediately She's on, it, man. on that. And She's like, on I don't it. know. I hope the average listener really understood how she's. We don't have a lot of comedy guests, I think, that can like run circles around us, and she can. Mm-hmm. She's super sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was so fun. <laughs> that was so fun. A big week, I think, for Ice Cream Social, because we're going to, I think, we're going to put out a third episode this week. Awesome. Because we secured uh, uh, an interview that we're going we're gonna to do tomorrow. With uh, Rick Dale, who's from the History Channel's Rick's Restorations. There's a shop right American here. American Restoration in, Show. Really exciting. In Las Vegas. Um, oh, yeah. It's called American Restorations. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you. We're doing our pre-show research right here. Paul's correcting me. I well, I've been watching episodes on the, on the History Channel to get myself all caught up and some, yeah. of the, some of the new stuff he's done this season. Exceptional work. I can't wait to meet these guys and see this space. Yeah. Very nice of him to give us a, uh, an interview as uh, we're just starting out here. And... Um, the reason I got to work on something with him, I don't, I don't know if it will come up in the interview or not, but I got to kind of like help write a comedy thing for him for this event. And that's Very how I cool. ended up getting to uh, oh, to meet great. him. But man, nicest guy, super easy to work with. Well, what, what I'm wife on is a character. Like, She's really funny. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to get them both uh, in the room. So we, we got a big week coming up. So uh, just a little update. We're, we're doing well. Summer numbers are always a little tougher on, on podcasts. So we're, we're leveling. We're not losing listeners but where other people are losing listeners we're just staying where we're at and just to be clear what you guys could be doing to help us out is be subscribing yes you, downloading is super helpful and, and if you want to help us out it's really what monitors growth and, and people who want to make the, take this podcast from hobby to legit always be subscribing be subscribing be subscribing we appreciate it thanks so much scoops thanks double scoops love it and thanks we're going to get scoops. into some major scoop action today we got a lot of scoop mail lined up um, and for the show that I'm pumped about getting to. Let's hear it for Jacob on the ones and twos. Woohoo! Jacob, audio guy, Jacob. Paul, do, what are you watching now? What are your, what are your TV shows? I'm uh, just starting to watch Orange is the New Black again, the new stuff, but this I can't watch it. Is season two or season three? This is season two. I can't watch it without the wife. Okay. So I'm only two episodes deep, trying to organize it around her time. If the wife were uh, not in the picture on this. I would have watched it all already. All of it. All of it, easily, because I tore through uh, the um, Kevin Spacey House of Cards in like a day and a half. Now, Orange New Black has a lot of prison nudity in it, nudity in it correct? There is some, yes. Is it hard to discreetly masturbate next to your wife as you watch these shows? No, I, I discreetly masturbate next to my wife all the time. <laughs> do you do it in front of other people? Like, have you masturbated in front of without me knowing? Sure. Jesus. No. You are a ninja. No. No, 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 no. And it's not. You know what's, you know what's, I love that show. And it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of great. It's exceptional performances from some amazing female performers. But it is kind of sad that 
the setting has to be female prison in order for us to see and explore unique, interesting female characters on television. Right, but and not only that, it's it's stuck on Netflix. Well, yeah, but Netflix is you know, I mean, that's kind of the future, don't you think? I absolutely right. I, so all, I don't watch. I don't have cable. So Orange is the New Black will be. It's setting a good new yeah. standard. Yes, which like is, years from now, they'll say Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black revolutionized. Yes, yeah. and hopefully continues to revolutionize opportunities for different people to perform and that's what's great and to speak to your point of progress there are many times we portrayed women showering in prison where we never got to know their story right oh that episode of, <laughs> that episode of charlie's angels is burned into my brain did you remember that one uh, there's, there's a lot of that episode of charlie's angels where they infiltrate prison yeah oh my god that was had to be a sweep week episode right oh my they god had to be do you remember this jacob right all of us boys remember that episode <laughs> like the girls had to open their towels and get hosed down by some other female guard it's the hottest thing you've ever seen and there's right. not a oh my god <laughs> oh that scene somebody i hope i'm sure there's a gif out there of that that little oh positive oh yeah. that's a no-brainer it's so so hot <laughs> it's just so hot oh um so I watch, uh, I get into the summer programming, okay? So I get into the America's Got Talent, and I get into the, um, I started uh, watching. Are you on um, the Hell's Kitchen? I do not do Hell's Kitchen. The wife does Hell's Kitchen, so I by proxy do the Hell's Kitchen. So you watch a few episodes. I see Hell's a lot Kitchen of it. gets a little, uh, okay, as someone who has been in the, in the reality television mm-hmm. show, oh, okay. as someone who has played a real person in a restaurant, I get a little uh, suspicious as I watch those shows dude it's beyond suspicion that show's just i can't it makes me crazy it makes my my blood high I'm yeah like, ah you know and and famously like i've done probably five shows where i've played a regular person mm-hmm. for network n- not network network is a strong word uh for television uh and i would do them because no one would watch them like uh, like it was always for channels and only one time i did one and it was for the food network and um that one everyone saw, and I got a lot of attention for it, and it made the show look kind of bad because people figured out who I was, and then I got a lot of like angry um, uh, flack from people who liked the show. There were like friends of mine that were like, "I loved that show, and I thought it was totally real, real." And nothing real about reality shows. Hasn't been anything real about reality shows Here's since the thing. like the season two of the Real World. If you are looking at a distant at someone in the distance of a shot and you hear audio, where is that audio coming from? <laughs> That's the big thing. From a sound booth. Because when you watch like America's Got Talent and you know Celebrity Apprentice and these bigger shows, people always want to say the big time ones are rigged. And I'm like, no, no, no. Those are the ones that have money. They can pay a camera guy to hang out for 18 hours and take their pick of all the footage they can hire several editors to sit and watch the worst most annoying footage in the world they have that budget you know some of these smaller cable channels that need to observe restaurants for months at a time <laughs> mm, what kind of budget do you think that takes a little tough what kind of editor is going to snoop through what kind of editor is trained to look for crime yeah as he figures out how to edit that stuff together mm-hmm. and then just where are those voices coming from just be aware of that well that's what i've loved about watching american restoration is that it's just a cool show about interesting productive stuff yeah it's good interesting cool stuff happening without 
a tenth of the drama of most of these no, other shows. No, 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 no. Exactly. No need for that. Right, right, right. But they also like. I mean, there's there's like that regular reality show drama they add to it. But it's cute. It's fun. It's not meant to be. Right. It's very lighthearted. And, yeah. And but the the enthusiasm he has for the projects and the respect that he has for the stuff that he's working with, the craftsmanship that's involved. It's right. it's really it's really interesting to see. So one of the shows I picked up on is. I started watching the redo of Last Comic Standing. I haven't seen this. I um I gotta tell you, I watched uh you know, I think there's been three episodes, three or four episodes, and I've just been kinda um going through it. The the show to me is in one way not perfect. I mean it's good, not great kind of thing. Yeah. And on the other hand, also like a no brainer. Like we should that seems like we have, there's definitely enough stand up comedians that want to compete for stuff. We love stand-up comedians. We love stand-up comedy. We we don't see stand-up like when we were younger. We saw stand-up on television all the time, right? Like I remember Comic Strip Live, or uh, you know they did live from certain comedy clubs. Um, the uh, Improv. Yeah, even MTV was, was doing a lot mm-hmm. of uh, uh, stuff, and so like I remember like loving uh, stand-up as a kid. Right, and I mean back in the day when Comedy Central first started, it was hours and hours of stand-up Hours clips. and hours of stand-up. And, and, stand-up, stand-up, the show, all those right. kinds of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember seeing early Dennis Leary on MTV? Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazing Jonathan. Yep. Back when he, back in the day. I used to watch a lot of Man, great groups. Man, I loved Amazing Jonathan. Yeah, he's great. Um, and that was so fun. And so, um, I was watching it uh, and there's the flaw to me with Last Comic Standing, like why it's not a perfect show, is that like there's a feedback round, but it doesn't end up. Um, there's not uh, like a voting process that happens in the in the moment, right? So there's a feedback thing, and then normally shows that feature feedback then have an audience vote, right? And then this show doesn't have that either. So there's a feedback scenario, and then they just read the winners at the end. And so it, it makes it like easy like uh, to kind of like fast forward or take in what you want or kind of pick and choose and cherry pick the show. Got it. Which is the only kind of flaw to it. But I really want to support it because I really love comedy. And, and, and I feel like this, there should be a successful comedy reality show. Mm-hmm. I try to think of different versions of them all the time and, and bore Penn and Teller's managers to death with them. <laughs> um, and so, uh, uh, you know, so I like it. And then... The last episode, something like really great happened. There was this uh, comedian named Monroe Martin. He was a a big black guy, and they put him on last in the show. And the thing about like, you know, there's up and coming comedians. There's there's older comedians who have maybe had a few shots here and there, but never made it. Um, He seems like he's more of like an up and coming comedian, but he seems a little polished. But what he does is he comes out and any of the elements that you don't like about reality shows, any of the elements that you don't like about like um, playing up stand up for television or even the feedback section, this guy Monroe Martin comes out and he just launches into his jokes and it is truth. Not like, like you and I would do stand up. I can make fun of being Irish. I can make fun of being fat, make fun of, you know, whatever. But I don't know if I would go like hard to my hardest core shit. Right. But he really hits it. He talks about being going from foster home to foster home. Growing up with like you know like drug addled mothers and, and 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 like being forced to steal for his mom and 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 and, and it is so real you know like there's certain jokes like um oh shoot uh, that 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 ventriloquist who just died um who uh, what's his name George 
Otto and George. Oh. Um, and that guy just had gut-wrenching comedy. You know, when there's a joke like uh, uh, that, that just cuts to the core where like y- you know more about them by hearing the joke mm-hmm. and you laugh as you take in the real world. Like one of my favorite Artie Lang jokes is like, he goes like uh, something like, hugs, not drugs. I can't remember the last time I went to Spanish Harlem at 3 a.m. looking for hugs. <laughs> and it just is like, that to me is like, I love that joke because it just, and this guy, but they, what, what I loved about this guy, Monroe Martin coming on last is that like he, like the, the judges could like not say anything to him. Like, how are you going to correct that guy's act? How are you going to like say what you want to see next time? You know? And then that, you can't even be like, that was great. Like, way to be adopted and or fostered. <laughs> you know, like, they really, like, he, like, everyone else is trying to impress the judges. He went out and he put on this fucking show. Mm-hmm. He went out and he introduced himself to the audience and introduced himself to America like, like, a, like a great comedian would. And so now I'm hooked on this show. Ah. Now I'm, there's two guys that blew me away Mostly in that. for him. And one guy didn't even make it in. And, and there's no voting process, so you don't even get to find out why. Uh, but his name was like, uh, shoot, I'm going to fuck his name up. Hold on, I'm going to go to my Twitter account because I'm following him on Twitter. Paul, stall for me. All right. Um, so. Uh, this is not I'm a stalling. good stall, Paul. I'm stalling. Paul, I need a better stall than this. All right. Well, so my favorite stand up, who would it be? Who <laughs> Paul, would it be? Much better. I need much better filler than what you're I know, doing right it's now. It's really bad. Billy Wayne Davis. Billy ah, Wayne Davis was Billy the guy. Billy Wayne Davis. He came out and he was really like. Um, you know, like uh, you know, he came out and he kind of does like redneck stuff, but he does it in a very kind of way that's very funny and educated, <laughs> um, like making fun of people. He has this whole routine about like a coon's age and using the word coon's age in conversation, mm-hmm. and how when you look it up, it actually is meant to be refer to a time when people thought that raccoons lived forever. And he said it's very funny to find out the definition of something being even more ignorant than its racist definition. Well, that's I, I, I've used that phrase since I was a kid because that's a Kentucky phrase. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and sometimes people look at me like, what, are you, what did you say? And yeah. it's like, no, it's about raccoons. And it is. Yeah. It's about raccoons and it's about long-lived raccoons. And <laughs> it's not supposed to be yeah. racist. That one, no, I that know. one, that one. Right. Not <laughs> no, but all that stuff. I mean, once racist gets in there, any phrase that I... Using my vernacular, yeah, I don't use it a lot. No, <laughs> but what lot. I mean to say is that people defend race. Like, no, I was using, you know, say Tar Baby before that yeah, became no, racist. No, that's not. No, that was never not racist. Right, that, <laughs> right. And even when you look into the definition of, you know, trying to attack something with tar and it getting stuck in it, and it's a really good, really good metaphor for mm-hmm. for that phrase. So what? Goodbye, adios. You know, any if I use any expression that can be racist, I, I'll just stop saying it. I can try to find ways to express myself That's it. in and different know, ways. Disney had a great movie with Song of the South. We'll never see it again. <laughs> we'll never That's see just it how again. It is. We'll never see it again. But uh, Billy Wayne Davis was amazing, and then he doesn't uh, move on, and we don't know why because there's no real voting round on it. Weird, and there's no filler. So th- those are the things that are my hangups with the show. Uh, but now I have someone I'm really rooting for, and I think that this person's different. And then you know, I. Th- I'm thinking about like Tracy Morgan and how Tracy Morgan got in that car accident. Oh man, I hope he's okay. And and he's still in critical condition. Mm-hmm. Last we checked, but they're trying to squelch internet rumors that he didn't lose his leg or whatever. He's he's but uh, and you know, it's tough. Like it is very. I don't know. This is for me. I believe it's very important when you have really sharp progressive black comedians. It's different than having really sharp 
progressive white comedians to me. I think I think it's when 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 a black community hits the white mainstream and gets appreciated both in the black community and the white community, I think comedy does great things there. I think it does some of the best things it can do in that moment. Taking down more barriers, opening up more people's minds. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there, there's cultural things that need to be challenged in both sectors. Absolutely. You know, and and for for, for people to understand what's happening in both sectors. So when certain jokes come a certain way. You know, like when I watch like Cat Williams, I feel like not only is he really f- fucking funny, but I'm actually like, oh, I didn't realize that about the black community. <laughs> you know, like I, I and I'm learning, like, oh, I better better be on top of that. You know, and so, uh, you know, like Patrice O'Neill was another one who was amazing, great comic, and one of those things where like you felt like, like I, I hang on every every word of his specials because not only are, is he so funny. But he's saying such stuff that that matters, and yeah. it's like core to communities. And it, and I feel like comedy at its best. I don't think it can change minds entirely, but I feel like it pushes the pawns of our logic. Yep, it pushes the pawns of our opinions, and and or pushes the pawns of our understandings of other things outside of our world. Mm-hmm. You know, like and we know this from doing improper. You you, you play certain characters, you kind of kind of taking the temperature of the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when with Patrice O'Neill dying and Tracy Morgan in a car accident, like they just get, it's high stakes. Yeah. Like we, we need, we need those comedians. Yeah. I got to see uh Chappelle in concert a couple years ago. Oh man. Brilliant. So good. And so you saw Chappelle post crazy. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was post crazy. Is his, his, uh, comedy central flip out. It was post his comedy central flip out. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, it was a great show. And now Chappelle doesn't write anything down. No, he he just goes out. He just goes, yeah, and which it was, is nuts. It was awesome, it, and it was a lot of just really cool stories from his life. And it's the same kind of thing. He's just hitting it with truth, things that you can't argue with, things that aren't even necessarily that funny, but it's just his framing and his sensibility that makes it very amusing and interesting stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Where'd you see him? Uh, I saw him at the Pearl, at the Hard Rock. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And we saw, I mean, we, you and I went together. We saw Louis C.K. Yes. We saw him at the Pearl. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a good show. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, there, there's something, there's, there, to me, with stand-up, there's like I'll a, take it back. I saw it at the House of Blues. You saw it at the House of Blues. I saw uh, Chappelle. Chappelle at the House Chappelle of Blues. Chappelle at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a uh, prize fighter element to stand-up to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's a heavyweight champion, always, in the world of comedy. Best stand-up of that year seems to kind of always... Be the thing that you say stand up, and then that name comes next in everyone's yes. conversation. Yep. And like Louis C.K. has clearly grabbed He's that got belt it right now. Mm-hmm. He has the championship belt. Um, He's been working on it for so long. He's, yeah, He's, and it's when, not as though it's an overnight thing. He's put in so much hard, hard work. And that's the thing is like when you feel like you're you're getting roped and you're getting danced, and also you're getting punched in the jaw. Like that's what it feels like to me when you watch great stand up. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you 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 feel like you're being brought along and then clocked with each joke. Yep. And and and, and if there's a big big visceral fighting thing for me. And so uh, I just want to give a shout out. I'm a big fan of Monroe Martin and I'm pulling for him and he's so dark and his jokes are so sharp and it, that, that to me equals beautiful. Well, so let's I'm hope I'm it pumped. comes through. I'm pumped. Who are your favorite standups, Paul? Um, well, uh, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. So you like, that's joke stuff. Do you like Mitch Hedberg? Yeah. 
Mitch Hedberg's super funny. I like Mitch Hedberg. I like I like Mitch Hedberg. I like Stephen Wright. Um, who else is like? Man. I mean, Steve Martin. Mitch Hedberg says, "I like if you live with a monster, that'd be really great because you'd never get the hiccups." <laughs> Love that joke. His stuff is freaking great. Oh man, I saw a clip of him where he's getting heckled. And then he just like takes it on, and then like uh, one point he's just taking the guy on, and he and he starts yelling. Um, he just yells like, "I'm a plumber," and he goes, "Oh, okay. Uh, what do you do for a living? Let's do it this way. You shout out the answers, and I'll go and I'll do the questions after you shout out the answers." <laughs> and then he does this routine where he goes downhill, and he goes, uh, "Where's my career going?" Hey, like yeah, he like, felt oh, the insult, yeah, like, and then oh. he came back on the top. I was like, man, that is, I mean, he's doing it on the fly, you know? Brilliant. Super sharp. Yeah. Super sharp. He lost too soon for sure with that guy. Yeah. What did he die of? OD. OD. Tortured artists. Mm hmm. Paul's not going to, you're not going out on OD. No. <laughs> unless, unless Krispy Kremes get me. <laughs> they, they might. They what might. is the, we have, what is the, what's the, uh, LD50, do you know that term? No. Legal dose for 50% of the population. That's what all of like all <laughs> of like the, all the yeah, the amount like why is. we have amounts of aspirin and and why we can take two of everything is like oh, how they funny. figure out like the lethal dose for 50% of the population to scale back they scale from there. Back from half. So what is the LD50 for Glazed donuts? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really it really comes down to a time period. How many you get in a certain amount of time? Because I don't think you'd ever die of them if you took your time with it. But no, you know, it's all about just <laughs> really go to it. Mitch Hedberg has a great donut joke about his donut receipt. Now he's never going to need a donut receipt. And there's some donut shop that printed out his whole joke on the bottom of their receipt. Oh, that's good. Like, yeah, thanks for this receipt, but I really don't think I need this receipt. I just bought a donut. There's no time I'm ever going to have to prove that I did or did not buy a donut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <coughs> there's people that benefited from uh, social media. There's people who did not think about it when it was happening. When Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook are coming out, the guys who make uh, receipt jokes and the guys who write like uh, witty stuff on like chalkboards out front of cafes, those guys, this is the best day. We live in an era like if you're going to write jokes on receipts or put on a chalkboard or on a sign in front of a church, like this is the best time of your life. This is the best time to be working in that medium. Oh, we got a great church sign guy out in my hometown. No, we don't. <laughs> be you know, great anything, but you know, like now we see if there's anything ever written on like a you know McDonald's deal thing when mm -hmm. you're driving by, we now millions of people see that mm -hmm. uh, now. Yeah, if you if you've got a clever retort or a really funny little take on an advert, people are down. Um, actually, uh, yeah, I know that Penn Jillette's only job as a child was he was worked at a movie theater, and his job was to put signs. Up, make the signs on the movie theater. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he he got fired from that job because <laughs> he made ridiculous signs. He just put he put cunt up on the on the board one time, just just for fun, just to get a laugh. And uh, he was the only one who thought it was funny. <laughs> he was the only one who thought it was funny. Well, he was the only one then. Right now we know. Um, my one of my first jobs was a movie theater. Mm -hmm. My very first job was basketball camp counselor. You're welcome. Um, Were you counseling kids on how to beat basketball? How to, how to get out of it? How to get Yeah. Listen, man, I know you want to play. Sorry. I know you want to play. Call me anytime. I will stop you. If you want to dribble a ball, you call me. I will stop you from dribbling. Put the rock down. <laughs> Put 
put the rock down. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. I am your basketball counselor. You can call twenty four seven. Here are the facts. You're white. You're short. You are uncoordinated. Just let it. No go. amount of jump rope will change this in you. Buy a keyboard. Make a living. <laughs> you have an opportunity. You are young. You do not have to go down this misguided path. I've been there. I've been where you are. <laughs> I'm you. I'm you. I'm I you went, 10 years ago. I went to the basketball courts, waited to be chosen for a team, dribbled home having never played. I've been there, my friend. You do not need to be playing basketball. Just stop. Just stop. Put a, you are standing at the three-point line of your that, life. Put that Gatorade down. You, you're, you're, your body thirst is not deep down. Nope. Your body thirst is surface. For you, that's empty calories. That is empty calories. You have no. You you have all the electrolytes you need for the summer. <laughs> you're all set. <laughs> camp counselor to basketball camp. And then um, I worked at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. There's a little art house movie theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, and uh, they showed uh, basically um, uh, it was like a, like a hundred seat movie theater, and so they would just show like you know um, big ladies in big hat movies is what his system was. He revealed it to me as I worked there. He's like, all I do is I get the, the releases for the possible movies I can get. They're never going to give me a big movie because I'm a tiny movie theater. So I have to go with art house movie theaters. And in terms of what people think is good art movies, I literally look, he would look through the catalog and find a movie poster <laughs> with a lady with a big hat on it. And then he would choose that movie and then that's the movie they would get. That's the, the my wife watches the most inane Fucking tear jerky. Oh, shit. Sometimes long lost love. And I've just got this generic term for all of these films that she loves so much. I can say the purse that made my mother cry. <laughs> That's the generic. That's the generic. Every, every one of these movies could be called the purse that made my mother. Give me cry. some preview music on this. Jacob, give me some preview it's music. All the same this summer. <laughs> Jenny. Decided it was time to move out. But mother, I'm independent. I'm a, I'm a grown woman now. You have to respect me. Her mother was not ready for Jenny to leave. If you're so grown, then who dresses you? Who gave you the, the moves of above your head? But she knew her life was calling. So she made her way to the big city. And she found her dream job. Hi, my name is Darius. I'm a horseman. Darius and Jenny. <laughs> working at the stables, night and day. Trying to groom the perfect horse. Listen, I have to go now. I can't stay. There's a war going on. I must fight it. Through war, through peace, through races. Separated, yet still together. This is my purse. It's my family's purse. You keep it on you. After the war, I will find you, and I will get that purse back from you. You understand? I think I do. (laughs) Thunder, lightning, rain falls. Explosive battlefield scene. Horse running through the mud. Mother staring out the window. The purse that made my mother cry. (laughs) This fall on Lifetime. It was a good call in the fall. That was not a summer movie. That was definitely a fall. That was coming out. No way, man. Oscar bait. out in the summer. (laughs) Lost in the noise. The purse that made my mother cry? Yeah, love it. Love it. I love that. Um, the only funny thing about the movie theater is that like uh you know, he would he would he would get bored and so once in a while he'd just bring in movies, like old movies, you know. So we would just like he he brought he started doing he did like a Did he a, own some prints? 
No, no, he would, he would get them, you know, the way movie theaters get prints, whatever. I don't know. We, and neither do I. <laughs> um, I worked there for a very short time. You know how movies get, get you know, sent to places. The, uh, they I show fucking up the have theater. no idea. Is there a monkey delivery system? <laughs> what happens? Do they throw them? Oh, if there was a monkey delivery system, I would never quit that job. <laughs> I'd be working there to this day. Guys, 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 guys. Check it out. Check it out. Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey that made Matt cry. Um... <laughs> the monkey that brought Matt movies. <laughs> the monkey that brought Matt movies. Uh, but like whatever his last day of the of the job would be, I would cry. That was that would be the monkey that made me cry. Mm-hmm. I remember that I was working the fr- I worked the front. Uh, uh, I think it was like eight bucks an hour, uh, which is which is better that's than the movie. That's pretty theater. good back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and so uh, for a teenage job, that's great. And then if I wanted to learn how the projection worked, if I want to actually run the film. Uh, I would have to be trained, but it would be two more dollars an hour. Mm. And then it came with this warning that said, but just so you know, once you learn it, every time you go to a large movie theater, you'll get driven crazy because you'll know all these things you're supposed to adjust that they don't adjust in big movie theaters. And, and you'll, you'll see, hate watching movies. I'll bet. And I said, then I don't want the two more dollars an hour. It's like learning how to observe theater and improv critically. It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. God, it takes so long to shut off that brain to just watch improv. Now you can't. You know, do it. and I think I think that's what's killing me right now is I'm teaching a tro- a drop in class right before our show, so I'm already in that critical mindset. It is tough. It's very hard to go from teacher to performer. Oh, it's different. I mean, literally, you're using different parts of your brain. Yep. You know, like one is very analytical, and you're kind of, um, you know verbalizing academic approaches to freeing other people's creativity. Mm-hmm. And then you go on stage and just have to try to play characters and <laughs> listen and react. And then you have to get totally in the creative part of your brain. Right. If, you, if you can't flip that switch, it blows. And Some you are you are killing yourself because the show that you do after your show, you really just kind of host. I host the first half. You host so it all and you're still spot. not. Yeah, you're still not performing. No. So you're spending like. So an hour and a half teaching, two-hour show, you're spending three hours basically in watching critical critically. Yep. And then at the very end, you kind of try to tickle yourself yep. into, mm-hmm. uh, into a little dance Some nights dance it works, place. some nights it don't. <laughs> but that's improv. She's a cruel bitch. Yeah. But then we do the bucket show. Oh, and all is well. <laughs> all is forgiven. I really I have not, had If you're ever in Vegas, really Wednesdays at 10 o'clock, we do our bucket show. Over at the scullery, come you, check us out. You come, you, if you want free tickets, you already have them. It's a pay what you want show. Yep. So if you want to throw zero dollars in the bucket, you be, don't even pay to the end. You leave be before the show ends, you don't even have to pay shit. Just get out. <laughs> Just leave. Just leave 20 minutes Just before leave. the show's out. You're done. And that show has really become such a different thing than what I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to try to do like a really sharp two person short form show. Yeah. Because uh, I was inspired by seeing uh, Wayne and Jonathan. Uh, but what we have is a much crazier show that may be whatever. It's a lot looser. The other day we did a show and uh, there wasn't that big of an audience that was there on time. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure we were going to have a show. So we made Paul do a one-person show as a lounge musician. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even perform. I just was watching Paul do makeup songs and be a lounge musician. Yep. And then the audience came in and then Paul made me do my one-man lounge routine. Yep. And then we did whatever we wanted after that, and we ended up having a big crowd and a good show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really so turned we, it around. You really, we, we really have no idea what's going to happen each bucket show. Nope. We've done short form, long form. We've done one-person stuff. We've, we've done a little like talking to the audience and audience crowd work and stuff. It's a lot of fun. It is. I love it. 
I'm sorry, Paul. You need to take a nap or something? You yeah, out over yeah. Here? I need to take a nap. Cool. I don't know what the fuck's going on with me, man. <laughs> I seriously, I think it's just this heat. I've been working in this heat this week. That's right. You work outdoors. I work outdoors, and, and even though costume. I'm doing like three hour stints, yeah, it's enough to just feel like you've been beaten with an axe. Three hours in 100 degree <laughs> heat is a lot of time. It's not 100 degrees. It's 103 to 106 this week. That's it's true. Been those, yeah, it's that's how bitter Paul is. He's correcting me on three degrees. <laughs> this is how upset you know he what? Is. You know what? Try it. Try the three. See no, how, no, I will not. <laughs> I will take no, your word for it. I still I love the job. I still love the job. It just it can be a real scorcher sometimes. I think that's just what's taking it out of me this week. It's got to be. Your organs might be cooked. You might have been cooking your organs. There is a bit of there is a bit of cooking. Yes, I think. That is like I'm those people, in my own like those juices. people who go for those sauna records, you know. And for some reason, that's popular in like Norwegian places. Well, they all die and pass out, right? Because they cook themselves to yeah, death. Stupid. That is uh, not a feat that I. Congratulations! Want to count at all. You were in an oven. You're medium rare and dead. Dumb. Dumb. Well, I say that, but meanwhile, I work outside. What are your Vegas. tricks for staying cool? Are you- Frequent breaks, lots of water, stay in the shade, duck into the shade when I can. Okay. And I do wear a jacket, but it's white. It bangs a lot of heat back, you know, and it's kind of like a Bedouin sort of thing, you know, wrapped up in a big old white cloth. I could not do it. I really honestly could not do your job. You I could would do have it. Already, you no, could I do would, it. I would have quit already. Uh, this is my third summer, so I'm, I'm down for it. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I would not have done, I would not do I it. I have plenty of uh, sunscreen as well. <laughs> sunscreen on my hand and face, hands and face. And I still get my little suntan. It's not <laughs> as bad. You can see it a little bit, my little suntan gloves. You know what? I'm going to make a call here. Because we have a lot of scoop mail to get to. Yeah, let's do it. No. Oh. I'm going to go. I'm going to flip the format this Oh. Week. I want to do a little jock versus nerd right here. All right. Jock versus nerd. What athlete is in the woman who stole my purse and made my mom cry? <laughs> <laughs> the woman who stole my purse. The purse that made my mother cry. Yeah. Oh, oh you know what? It, you know what? It was actually the handbag that made my mother cry. Oh, handbag is a much it. better yeah. word. Handbag that made my mother cry. Handbag that made my mother cry. Oh, that's really That's artsy. what it used to be. The handbag oh. that made my mother cry. I can taste the expensive cheddar popcorn in my mouth. You as got you it. Say it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2 p.m. on a Sunday. You're watching the handbag that made my mother cry. Speaking of snobby British people. Speaking of. British tennis darling, Andy Murray. You familiar with him at all? Andy Murray. Andy Murray. <laughs> I'm the British tennis darling, I am. <laughs> How you doing? Like to go for a serve or two? Eh? How about a lob one to you? Oh, Mandy Murray, the British tennis darling. In the morning, I get up and string me racket. And I takes it down to the court, I does. And sometimes I play on the clay. And sometimes I play on the grass. And sometimes I play on the asphalt. I can do it all because I'm the tennis darling of Britain. <laughs> I'm Andy Darling. No, Andy. What? Andy Murray. Andy Murray, the tennis darling. You should call me Andy Darling, cause you love me so. He was the first Brit to win Wimbledon in like uh, like a hundred years or something. Too right. Of <laughs> course I was. I had a big breakfast of beans and bangers. <laughs> Beef and banger. Beans, beans and, and, bangers. Beans and bangers. Beef and. Bangers. Even bangers is like Atkins diet. That's just that's just some hardcore Atkins nope. right there. Low carb. 
Andy Murray, beans and bangers, get them at your store. <laughs> He's in the news. Sporting news. What not, did he do? Uh, I'll say uh, he hired a blank to be his coach. Fill in the blank ball. Chimpanzee. <laughs> crazier. No, not crazier. Uh, ex-convict? Oh, I like that guess. I like that guess. Like a felon? Yeah. No, no, that's not it. But I like that's really funny to hire a felon as your tennis coach. Octopus. I like that they would like bring him out like Lecter. Yeah. And that'd be current con, not ex-con. Current convict. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's, yeah, uh, he gets a furloughed prisoner <laughs> to come and coach him. <laughs> they let him out just to coach Andy for Wimbledon. Do you like the way the ball spins? <laughs> Because that's your mind on that ball, you understand. If you don't, don't like it, I what? don't. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Think about how the ball feels, Andy. <laughs> Think about how the ball feels. You own that ball. Silence of the serve. <laughs> um, no, not a, not a convict or ex-convict. Uh, I said octopus was my last. Oh, guess. octopus was last guess because it would have all those arms. Oh man, it'd be really hard be to be all over the court. I hope that reads without the visual. You just did some really good moving on that couch over there. I think that's clear. I think it's clear what was happening there. Those sounds translate, right? He hired a woman. He hired a woman to be. And this is shocking. It is. Oh man. There's been what a, world are we living in? Exactly. There's been a lot of crossover in all sports from men coaching female uh, in profession, on the professional levels. Yeah. But not uh, we have not had a, like a female uh, coach of any football team not yet. or basketball team. So this is big news. It is big news because it's, it's a major sport uh, where a, a woman will coach a man and how they do things. Whereas outside of the sporting world, it is absolutely no noise for a woman to coach a man <laughs> in anything he does. <laughs> I've had my wife coach for three years now. It's been, uh, it's really improved my game. I'm going on eight. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so yeah, I know it seems, seems silly, but uh, but yeah, she she she's a coach. Her name. I is... was gonna say woman, but I was like, what? That sounds dumb and not it, as funny. I know, not I, as funny as octopus. I'm happy. I'm very happy. I, well, like now picturing picturing a, a guy being carted out. All chained up to coach someone in tennis now is in my brain. That's that's just a gem that's going to keep paying dividends for the next couple of days for me. Um, her name is um, Amelie Marosmo. Marosmo? Marosmo? I'm Amelie Marosmo, the coach of the tennis, darling I am. I wakes up in the morning and I paints the lines on the field and I make sure that the net is tight and tight. She is Scottish. <laughs> Look, if you want to hit the ball the right way, make sure your racket is facing the right way. How's your grip? Change your grip, Andy. We change my what? Change your grip. Change my. You're not holding the racket right. My grip. Change your grip. Look, look, look yeah. where your hand is. Look your hand. Look your fingers. Change your grip. Look at my. Look at your hand. My Look at your fingers. Okay. Change I, your grip I, on the racket. Heard, Where are you holding it? Heard, Where are you holding it, Andy? I heard fingers. Oh, you're supposed to be that tennis darling. 
what they saddle me with here? A fucking goofball. <laughs> I want to see true aces. Hit aces now. True. All day. Five aces across the board. Andy Murray, is it true now that you have a female coach? You're playing in a skirt. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a skirt. It's a kilt, she says. <laughs> she says it's a real man's outfit. Now, what made you hesitate? Was it not getting the Getting skirt? back into the accent. Yeah, the accent. It was yeah. trying to re- recalibrate the I accent. knew it was a kilt. <laughs> I just had to recalibrate which accent. Because Andy doesn't talk like no. a, a, a Scottish guy yet. I, yeah. I've got bad news, guys. Yeah. Andy Murray is from Scotland. Oh. <laughs> oh. It gets worse. Oh, Mandy Murray, I lost <laughs> me accent. A terrible car wreck. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Andy. The Andy I knew was a Scotsman. You gotta believe me, love. I'm still the same old Scottish bean. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping this hand purse. The Andy who I knew was gonna return to it was a Scotsman. This is breaking my heart. I'll never get me accent back. I lost it in a wreck. <laughs> Handbag. That's a hand purse. That makes no sense. Hand purse. <laughs> hand purse. A purse for your hands. Andy, here's an idea. <laughs> I'll be your coach. And not only will I coach in tennis, I'll coach you linguistically. <laughs> what do you say? We'll find your accent again. That wreck won't stand between you and sounding right once more. I promise you, as as the coach of the darling of the tennis world, <laughs> I'll make you sound like a true skirt once more. I swear. On my grave. On my own grave. <laughs> I'd love to believe you, but I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> that wreck was a real pickle. <laughs> I think I'm stuck like this, love. <laughs> um, all right, you got a nerd for me? Uh, yes. There is a video game that has been in development hell for nearly a decade now, I want to say. Okay. Part of a unofficial trilogy of games. It's a Sony product. This is E3 week, so all the video game news is popping. Okay. There are some game sites, some magazines that are reporting that the game has finally been officially canceled. Oh, it'll never happen. There are some, but then Sony's come out and said, no, it's still there. It's still in development. It could still happen. This is like the, the Dune movie of video games. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's. It, it, I mean, they've been showing screenshots for years and years. They've shown even video clips. It's. It's. It's, it's a there. hoax. It's a hoax. No, it's real. It's not vaporware. It's, it's there. It's, it's just not ready. I guess. I don't know what the. Nobody knows exactly what the story is. Do you know what this game is? Uh, it is. Um. Uh, where's Jimmy Hoffa, the video game? Nope, nope. Good guess, okay. good guess, okay. good guess. I'll give you a hint. I'll give okay. you a big hint. Yeah. It is part of the unofficial trilogy that contains the other games are Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. It's, uh, it's um, uh, Gibraltar's Testicles. Closer still. It. <laughs> <laughs> Gibraltar's Testicles. Eco and what was the other one? Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. Eclosis. It's the merging of the two stories. Nope. Eclosit. The E-closet. online the gay guy who didn't want to tell his parents what was happening. 
in his life. E closet. Hi everybody, welcome to E closet. <laughs> he just clicked on the right button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm staying in here though. Uh, what is it? It's called The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian mm-hmm. from Sony. Yes. And it's the third installment from Eco and the Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow it's the not Colossus. A, exactly a trilogy, but okay. these, these these stories are being told in what is kind of the same world. And this is for Xbox? This is, yeah, Sony's Xbox. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's a PlayStation. Sony PlayStation. It was being developed for PS3. That's how long this thing's Whoa. been. Whoa. Because the 4 has been out for like... Almost a year now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are they doing? Nobody knows. So like, what would hold up a video game? Like, What has held up video games in the past? Lots of different things. The The technology just doesn't catch up. The play, it just doesn't play right. Uh, there, there's something broken inside the game. There's just game crashing bugs that just don't work. They feel like the window's been missed. Too much money's been put into it to make it worth it. Is it common for a game to be developed uh, to this extent and then never come out? To this extent, maybe not. But there's plenty of games that get a good, healthy run and then just die on and the just line. Die. And so like people in the past have anticipated other games that have never come out. Plenty. Okay. Plenty of games that have been like, oh, here comes this. And then... It can be it can be the backers dropping out. It can be the company having to shut down. Usually a money issue. Because I want to say like it's rare that like we hear about a movie that's going to come out that never comes out. But not impossible. Not impossible. But, but it's you know rare. what? You know it's rare for us. But I bet people that follow movie production hear about it far more. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? Like I know from like like the Jersey Boys movies coming out, and I know from the wife being in Jersey Boys that originally there was another director who was attached. And then the right, cast probably was like two be or three crazy. false starts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar from the creative endeavors of, of video games. All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a lot of that stuff you wouldn't know unless you were on the inside track, right? Because nobody E3. goes around going, "Hey, guess what? I failed again." Now, do you, do you, <laughs> do you uh, failure, failure? Read all about it, guys. Check it out. We didn't do anything. You know, it's like a thing that never even happened. But yeah, dumb. Yeah. Why are you giving out a newspaper at E three? Right. Um. So. Do you go to E3? Do you go to any events? I've never been to E3. You just have, follow the, the news as it comes out? Just follow the news. There's plenty of sites But nowadays. it's here in Vegas, right? It's here in town. No, that's in, it's in L.A. Oh, okay. It's in the L.A. Convention Center. Has been for years and years and years. Uh, what am I thinking of? What comes here that's technology? The Classic Video Game Expo? That might be what I'm thinking Different of. Different thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go to that. You've gone to the Classic Video Game Expo. Yes. You love that. That's old school games. That's what I like. Mr. Tapper. Mm-hmm. You know my it. Favorite, my Root favorite. Root Beer Tapper, baby. Root Beer Tapper. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so are, does this disappoint you that it's taking this long? Or are you hopeful for the game, or have you totally lost interest? I, 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 it's one of those things where I could take it or leave it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually like the PS3 still. You like playing on the old PS3. I right? don't have a PS3. Never okay. had a PS3. PS2, so I, I still, but PS2, I still played. Both, I asked you to correct me, and you have. Both Eco, you have corrected both me. Eco and Shadow of the Colossus were PlayStation 2 games. Okay. Now, they were good enough to... Uh, to uh, bring forth a PlayStation 3 version. So uh-huh. like they, they upped up they upped the graphics, polished them up a little bit, and reissued them on the PlayStation 3. So there is some history, and there's definitely a fan base for this series, this saga. And it's, it's you know, so it's one of those things that's weird that, the, that it's still in development hell. Well, let me just ask you this. To, for, for, for What made you want to bring it up in Jock versus Nerd? What was, why, was it just the, the, time, the timing of the announcement? Yeah. Okay. 
it's a big thing on the internet right now as far as video games. Gamers are going nuts. Gamers are like, oh my God, no, this game I've been wanting for years and years and it's going to finally be jerked away. And it's just being teased away. It's been teased it's away long for years. Yeah, it's a long, exactly, it's a long breakup. Like, it has this like, like when the girl you had a crush on in high school, when her boyfriend goes to the bathroom and goes like, you know what, I never understood why we never dated in high school. And you're like, fuck you. Why are you bringing that up right now? Right. Oh my God, right. Yes. That's what's it's happening that feeling. with this game. And I'll tell you, part of the reason that there is such an attachment to this game, this game that doesn't even exist yet, right. is there is video of one of the big characters in the game, uh, apparently your pet or something. We're not sure exactly what his role is, but this creature. It's my pet? This, the, 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 you're, you're the protagonist pet, I think. Okay. This creature in the game. They're putting my pets in games. I need to be talked to. Is this gigantic hybrid bird dog. Bird dog. Right. Huge. Like 25 foot the tall. The ultimate pet. Yeah. But it's got this adorable, endearing dog face. On a bird. On this bird. Yeah. So so it's is it just bird is it just dog head on regular giant? Kind of like a dog's head on a chicken's body. But a giant chicken. Giant. It's like a uh it's like a a, a dogodactyl. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but, in. With, but with feathers. Yeah. Not just wispy skin. We gotta get uh, we gotta get Seth in here, and we gotta beat him to the punch. We gotta make Dogadactyl the video game. Dogadactyl, and then we'll fill in that that need. Trogador. <laughs> I love me some Trogador. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's part of it. It's it's got such a compelling design for this character, and you see that doggy face, and you see those doggy eyes. And you're like, oh, I want that doggy to lift me up off a cliff. Oh man. Oh. Oh, that was right. That, that, we're we're kind of getting close to never-ending story. Falcor. He's not far off from Falcor. Yeah, actually. that was when I was a kid. I wanted man. Did I want a Falcor? I want a giant flying dog to rescue now, me. I'm not 100 percent on this. I've heard this. I'd I think be bored might, in Holy Cross Grammar School, and I'd yell out Falcor. I middle think of this class. is true. You remember Dumb and Dumber? Yes. You remember the shagging wagon that they do their business in? Oh, I heard this. Yes. Right. Like that is what's left of Falcor. That's they what I took heard. that prop. Repurposed it and put it on that that car and drove around. And if you look at it side by side comparison, yeah. there's an argument to be made that that's probably legit. I think it is legit. Yeah, I think it is. Legit. The nose is very very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. And then like also just repurposing props is a very common practice. Jacob, our auto guy, he can hop in on this. I bet. I bet he's seen some repurposing Yo. of props. Have you oh, seen yeah. some repurposing of props? Oh, it happens all the time. And you don't give a shit about sentimental value when you're nope. trying to make a deadline, right? Nope. So you see Falco over there, you would gut him in two seconds. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> well, especially with those big props, you can't really do anything with them. Right. I mean, and it's, it's not like you can sell it to someone else for them to reuse it for something. So oh, unless there's a unless unless there's a collector out there that wants a giant, you know, flying dog prop, I could think of one person in this room who would have bought in Falcor if they had fuck you money. Right. Yeah. But I don't. But the, <laughs> but the thing is too, like it probably just ends up costing more to store giant pieces like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Time to just repurpose or throw them away. Yeah. 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 Most of them honestly get thrown away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad how much cool Hollywood shit ends up in the garbage. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, that's life. That's life. Be dumpster diving in Hollywood, guys. <laughs> Be dumpster diving. That's why all the Hollywood hobos look like Buck Rogers extras. <laughs> all right. Let's get into some scoop mail. I want to do some scoop mail. We got a lot of mail. And uh, Message for some you, more that. scoops. And we're going to experiment. We're going to have Jacob read both of us the scoop mail. All right. So this message is from Dustin. It says, hello, I just wanted to say thank you to Paul Mattingly for his short statement on one of the episodes where he defends the brony fan base. 
I appreciate that he gave the show a fair chance, more than fair probably, before deciding it wasn't for him. Hope he didn't get too much guff for that, since sometimes people that hate bronies can be almost as crazy as those fans are. Thanks for your time, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin. Keep the faith, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for people into their niche thing. I, I watched more of that brony documentary. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where I see a whole lot of myself in those guys. Really? A whole lot of myself. Inside the costume or in no, the costume they, itself? No, no, no. They don't wear costumes. They... <laughs> They don't wear costumes. They some of them do 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 sort of costumes, but it's not exactly costumes. But just as far as being super fans and collectors of things, yeah, yeah, it's to, like like these are the guys, very similar. These are the guys that go to Toys R Us on the certain day of the week, and yeah. they know a guy in the back who knows when the new stuff's coming in. Right, they can give them the hookup. I have been that guy. All right. I actually forgot that you defended Bronies, and now I feel like you didn't get that much guff. But you will just for me. That's what I feel like might happen. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, I can't help but think it's a total cosplay. I just feel like so much people want to f- either have sex as a My Little Pony or have sex with a My Little Pony. It's not usually a sexual thing. It's more of a spirit of the show thing. Yeah. It's really, they just really dig that there's these cool characters who are all about helping each other unique personalities that are not only encouraged but defended by their friends yeah quirky people get their shot the ponies that don't necessarily you know and then all the ponies work together to make things work right you know they all have their individual strengths and weaknesses yeah all that turns me on (laughs) he's not lying his computer is at an angle (laughs) sitting on his lap next mail unfortunate steven Hey, I wrote you guys a fanboy poem. Hope you like it. Here we go. Two rounded men there were, talking merrily on their show. Incredibly funny. I could not their splendid show forego. Whoa. That's awesome. With wit abound and laughs at every turn. Persiflange and bandinange. What? What is not to yearn? All right. Skip to the end. No, no, no. What? what? <laughs> I don't understand any of it. Persiflange and brand of Lang? Yeah, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I like it, though. The age ending pronounced softly like the Indian Raj, not like Gage. So I probably mispronounced those words. Okay. I, I still don't know what they are, though. <laughs> we never will. We should look them up. They call it the ice cream <laughs> social. They cast it from their pod. To take away my twice weekly fix would take an act of God. I really love these guys. They are definitely my favorite com- comic group, comedic group. I am proud to say I'm a loyal, avid listener and a loyal scoop. Yeah. Wow. I know this poem is short and nearly coming to an end. Doesn't but feel like it to I me. before I do, <laughs> there is a small <laughs> message I would like to send. Ready. Thank you guys for all you do. You really have fun and style. But mostly, guys, thank you loads because you make me smile. Oh, that's adorable. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to bring that guy to my brony prom. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name on that one again? That is Steven Sykes. Steven, thank you. That's uh, awesome. uh, We have a haiku as well. Oh, he's the one who also tweeted the haiku. Yes. Here we go. Ready. Bacon and belly. Flowing masterful beard. Scoop. Scoop. Wait a minute. That is not a haiku. That's, that's, that's a what, kind that's of what haiku. I got. 
It's a kind of haiku. Say, say the first line again. Bacon in belly. Five. Flowing masterful beard. Flowing masterful beard. Six. Scoop. Scoop. Two. Classic five six two haiku. <laughs> There's different ones. Classic five seven five is what it's usually. Yeah, but also even even the accepted variables are still mirrored. Uh, you know, the one and the third line are still the, usually the same, right? I like that it ends with scoop scoop. Stephen, like I'm sorry. I feel that I didn't represent your haiku well. <laughs> I feel like I should have had some bongo music playing underneath while I read it. <laughs> What are you going to do? Add syllables to scoop? No, honestly, Stephen, that was so nice of you to write not one, but two poetic missives to us. That is very, very flattering. Pretty cool. Uh, glad we are helping you through your days, giving you some laughs. Thanks so much for being a scoop, and uh, please keep telling your friends and spreading the word. Absolutely. And if there happens to be a community college on meter that you want to take, go just check it out and see how it goes. <laughs> I'm such a dick. You are the worst. I am That's a dick. Terrible. Yeah, I know we got fans, but fuck them. What are you I'm joking with Steven. Steven, if you were here, we'd be getting along. We would be. We'd, we'd be all dressed up in our brony outfits. <laughs> <laughs> having a real rainbow party. Yeah, up we'd in be here. drinking lemonade through our... Through our uh, 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 Unicorn horns? Unicorn horns. There it is. There's not another term for that? Is it just Unicorn horn? Unicorn no, horn. I think there is a term for it. There has to be, right? There is a term. For, well, I think it's a horn, but there's a special term for a unicorn. A unihorn, maybe it's called? <laughs> Unihorn? No, Unihorn. You know horn. No, Unihorn. You know horn. No, you know horn. I do know horn. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, all right then. Nothing called Unihorn. I just Googled it. Well, well, okay. We'll look up Unicorn's horn. I will. Name for a Unicorn's horn. I bet it's going to say, it's called a horn. Or a cornucopia? No. It's called a a Mattingly boner, I think it's called. Oh, boy. There it is. Alicorn. Alicorn is what it's known as. Is it? Alicorn. An alicorn. A unicorn horn, also known as an alicorn. All right. Next. Huh. Next right mail. From Nick. Hey, guys. Firstly, I'm a huge fan. I'm practically a double scoop on my own. <gasps> nice. Anyway, I've been working the past few weeks in my free time on a couple of things for your show if you want them. However, okay. I just got to ask, how would I send them to you? Seeing as this email page doesn't have an attachments function. The sooner you could reply, the better. I've been working on them this long, so now I'm impatient about seeing if you like them and I want to use them. Or I and I and uh, seeing if you like them and want to use them. I don't want to have to wait two weeks to find out if you don't reply before next week's show. Ha ha. Uh, carrier pigeon. <laughs> Stork. Uh, trebuchet. Trebuchet oh, is really yeah. the best. Send it via trebuchet would be great. Uh. We will. Paul and I will never turn away a singing telegram. I'll tell you that much right now. That's right. And he wants to sing us a message. You can do that. Um, send us a voicemail. There's uh, the Inspire Theater. That's you can just Google that shit and just send it. Send a little missive down to the Inspire Theater if you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there um, no? There's no attachment then, huh? We don't have an attachment function. I think that's yeah, paste it in the body. Yeah, paste it in the body or. Uh, oh, that's my second novel. Tweet us. A lot of people like like. Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is it called? Paste it in the body. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an erotic story. <laughs> it's the name of the book of Andy Murray's convict coach. I woke up this morning, went to grab my racket, wrapped my hands around something Scottish and odd. <laughs> Before I knew it, he pasted me in the body. <laughs> Uh, I tried to yeah. say, make him stop, but it was just like throwing rocks on a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh man, I can't. What? I can't. How much of our show is missing without Nick's ideas? That's what we need to know. I mean, I'm dead curious about what he has to offer. Sure. I want to know. Most people tweet us their shit when there's like pictures and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. if it takes like thirty-five thousand tweets, like Ace's, bring it. Uh, Ace's uh, Justin Beaver, uh, DJ Justin Beavers were great. Those are so funny. Us's DJ Beavers was was really nice. So funny. And then uh, yeah, Ben, who runs my who runs my fantasy baseball team, who won again this week. Look at you. Hey, ben. Uh, so he he keeps me updated on Twitter. So I guess tweet us is the answer. Uh, Unless it really is like going to be thirty-five thousand tweets. Yeah, because that would be annoying. That'd be hard to get through. Yeah. So you could tweet us a link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tweet us a link. There all right, go. we're giving you a lot of all options. All the other scoops can check it out, too. We've given them in order. We go Carrier Pigeon first. Trebuchet. Trebuchet second. Singing Telegram or tweet us a link. There you go. Also, if you open up a, a free Dropbox account, you can email a, a link through your Dropbox account as well. You Ooh. can use uh, big files that way. Oh, look, look at Jacob there. with a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he's reading the mail. I don't, I don't want to negate the Carrier Pigeon, though. Sure. No, no, no. Uh, here's one from Joel. I've recently had some contact with you both on Twitter. I am JBHall88 there. Nice. Having you guys interact with the scoops is great. I really appreciate it. Also, Matt, I love the name dropping. Question. Oh, okay. If you had to live inside... You know who else like that? Chris Farley. Chris Keep Farley loved... Keep it up. Love name drop. <laughs> Question. If you had to live inside one video game forever... What game would it be? Ooh, that is a Maybe good question. Maybe Leisure Suit Larry? Ah, that's too <laughs> too easy. Too easy. Uh, I assume I live in a video game I care less about fucking all the time? Leisure Suit Larry was that was the game where you just got laid, right? Mostly, I was about yeah, to ask what First Leisure Suit Larry is. You don't know Leisure Suit Larry? Nope. Oh, that's like the original, like it was a PC game. You like you know, insert different floppy disks into your drive to make the whole thing run. Leisure you know? Suit Larry in the land of the lounge. And you had to answer hard trivia questions to prove you were 21 and over. Yeah. That was the way of getting it on. And remember, this internet isn't there yet. Right. So if you don't know the answer to these really hard uh, like trivia questions mm-hmm. that only adults would know, you couldn't play the game. And I remember we would like look up games like the encyclopedias and stuff trying to get on Leisure Suit Larry. It's in the same genre as... Uh, your uh, uh, oh my god, the the scum engine stuff, Day of the Tentacle, Maniac right. Mansion, right? Um, although the the pirate one, which now is escaping my brain, yeah, I'm having a, a brain attack. Also, but like, isn't uh, I would say that the the if you want to just go the sex route, I think you want to live in Grand Theft Auto, right? Kind of. Yeah, if but I don't want to answer what are you this looking based for? on sex. I don't want to answer this based on sex. I think I would go into Minecraft because you have so many options to create the world the way you want, right. break it down, and make it something new. So that's I'd do it for my improviser brain. I would love to be in Minecraft because you can make anything. Now at night, Minecraft would be a terrible place to live. <laughs> when a bunch of those damn monsters start coming at you. It's a scary game. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You play that at all? No. All the kids play it. It's so scary. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's a combination of like Lego and survival horror. <laughs> it's and it's no joke scary, man. It is no joke scary. I think I would I think I would be I would live as Bo Jackson in Tecmo Ball. I think I would <laughs> That's where I would live. You would get your ass run off all the no, time. No. I mean, what's really popping in my mind is Super Mario. Like, I really loved, like, not the, whatever the, which is, was it three, where you could fly with your raccoon tail? Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, man, I got lost in that game right. for a long time. Great I would game. love to play that. I'd love to live in One that One of the world. best games ever made. That was great. I loved the uh, raccoon tail Mario. All right. Thank you, Joel. And I'd be a tie, which means my dick would be a little bigger. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. And blocky. 
Yeah. Eight bit sized. Oh man. All right, here's one from Travis. Just listening to the latest podcast on my on my way to work, and you confuse the inventor of the Segway with the guy that bought the company. The guy that bought the company, Jimmy oh. Hesselden, died, but the guy that invented it was Dean Kamen. Or Kamen. Dean Kamen, that's there right. Yeah, yeah. So Dean Kamen's still alive. Ah, so it's Dean the guy Kamen that bought owns the and company. Runs, yeah, he, he owns and runs a company called DECA, made up of the first two letters of his name and the last name, out of Manchester. Uh, is that Manchester? What is it? Massachusetts. Maybe New Hampshire? Manchester United? I don't know. Manchester United he's in England? The, the he's a soccer team. player. Yeah. So the segue was invented by a soccer player. Thanks for clearing up our mistakes. Got to be. It's got got to be uh got to be New Hampshire, right? NH? That's got to yeah, be that's got to be New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Sure. Yeah. New Haven. <laughs> it's just it's just <laughs> of another city. <laughs> NYCLA. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, Manchester, New Hampshire. Sorry about that mistake. Yeah, Thank Dean you. also does uh, U.S. Yeah. First, the high school robotics competition. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Oh, that guy is great. Also, he, how many times must he hear that he died at parties? Right, all the time. Oh, I feel like wait, we're not the only one that Segway? How are you still alive? <laughs> yeah, or someone just saying, like, I heard the Segway guy died. He drove himself off a cliff, and the guy would be like, I'm right here. That's me. And then he sends a robot out to kill your car. Just bash your fucking car in. No, 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 no. Okay, pretend I'm him at the party. Yeah, I'm sipping on a drink. Hit me up with that. With that. Like, oh man, I heard you used to work with something with segways or something like that. Mm-hmm, yes. I think it's crazy. The guy who invented the segway like died on the segway. It's kind of ironic that he ran himself off a cliff. You know that song, ironic by uh, Alanis Morissette, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, not a lot of irony in that song, but still a great tune. Really indicative of the '90s and a and a good hit. Right? Oh, thank you. Yeah. See what he did there? Yeah. He used a Segway to get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) A master of his craft. A master of his craft. That was the most subtle, subtle punchline for a dramatic setup that I've ever heard. You like that one? I loved it. I loved it. I don't know if the scoops are happy, but I'm thrilled. (laughs) I'm thrilled. Thrilled with it. Um, I'm pleased with that one. Yeah. All right. Oh, we're running out of time. Let's go. What do we got? We got one more here from Scoopet E. Hey, Matt and Paul, I really enjoy your podcast. As a stay-at-home mom of a baby and two preschoolers, I am likely not your target target audience. Yes, you are. Yeah. But your podcast totally fulfills my comedic and geekdom quota each week. So thank you guys for that. Why well, do you think we keep bringing on the big bold ladies as the guests? We got we have a in charge artists who are ladies coming in all the time that's just because we want we want to talk to the we want to talk to men and women on this show mm-hmm. want to break that podcast barrier keep going keep going single mother of three although uh, being a stay-at-home mom is surely the most difficult job i have had in my life so far my worst job without a doubt was during my yep i don't understand like as someone who's raising a kid with two parents just one child with two parents i do not understand how single parents shower well now is she a single parent or is she just a stay-at-home mom oh good point this, this only says stay-at-home mom all right so, so i don't that's not that's not sorry i sent a robot out to kill her husband still at a party still it's hard Super to get hard. any how's she gonna get anything done when he's out of the house shower, when she's gotta get a haircut get, I don't keep an eye on three about. right yeah. how do you even get like an oil change or stuff like little things that you just need to do right. all right go ahead go ahead what was her worst job all right uh worst job between her junior and senior year of high school when worked at uh, worked in Alaska at a salmon processing plant. Oh God! That sounds Alaska. Awful. 
salmon processing? Holy crap. As a 17-year-old, I was considered underage and couldn't legally perform any of the factory or line positions or work on a fishing boat, so instead I took on a position as the assistant cook for all of the workers at this processing plant most of which were former criminals or security factory or serial factory workers that traveled from plant to cannery in And you'd rather have the criminal then. You'd rather want the criminal than the serial factory worker, right? Oh, who knows. Well, go keep going. I want to hear the Alaska rest of this. Alaska processing I'm, salmon at 17. Yeah. She's not processing salmon. She's cooking for people who process salmon. Ugh, I met a lot going. of super interesting people there, but the living conditions and working conditions were pretty haggard and being so far away from any sort of civilization was a little intense. There were literally no roads out of the area we were in, and the airport we flew into was more of a shack surrounded by a dirty runway and endless tundra. This is the sort of thing that horror movies are made of. No roads oh my out God. of a town and a 17-year-old girl all alone in a transient factory full of hardened criminals. There are women Probably in... not the best choice for a summer job right? in retrospect. There mm-hmm. are women in India listening to this going like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that girl is doomed. Right. The worst parts of the job were definitely the smell of uh, salmon guts, rotting fish, and the endless working hours. As an assistant cook, I put in a good 14 to 16 hours each day, and the people working in the line in the factory were putting in more hours in far worse conditions than I was. How is that possible? That's crazy. That's Alaska, baby. Luckily, everyone working there was actually pretty nice, and only a few guys got sort of creepy with me, which I avoided by bunking with a gay friend of mine who became a sort of protector and brother for me. Hold the phone. We just found out what's worse than being a 17-year-old girl in the factory. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is being the gay guy who also works in the same factory. I mean, that guy's got no chance of getting any action, right? No. I mean, well, who, how many gay know. guys are slim pickings? It was slim pickings till we got a few of these hardened criminals in here. <laughs> That's true. The guys are just like, whatever. As long as it happens in a shower, I don't ask questions. Right? <laughs> no rules apply once the water flies. <laughs> Get enough steam in there. You can't see anyway. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> oh, man. All this makes me really uncomfortable. Sam and Chanity. <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very, very uncomfortable. I was fine up until then. <laughs> <laughs> would Jake, would you have worked in a factory in Alaska? Would I or have I? Would you? <laughs> have you? <laughs> Uh, I, I guess it depends. I mean, I'd, I'd love to go to Alaska and look around, but man, <laughs> and then that sounds... get on the plane and get back out. Yeah, was exactly. that is that the end of the letter? No, we got we got some more here. You want to hear some more? They're just the rest of that letter. Let's see here. Oh, we ran out of scoop music. That's we how long we've we been on this tangent. Holy, well. holy scoop. All right, a little more from uh, Scoop at E. Yeah. Since it was light out pretty much 24 hours a day in the summer, we would have epic parties on the beach with all the workers from local canneries, factories, and fishermen that happened to be docked nearby. Oh, that sounds I cool. didn't always make the best decisions back then, so I can recall numerous situations I that I put myself into that could have ended much worse than they did. Like wandering a, around a boatyard with a couple of my girlfriends Good for almost an hour and not being able to find our way out because the joint we smoked with some fishermen had been laced with something. Dot, dot, dot. Salmon. Probably salmon. I got news for Scoop Eddie. She probably doesn't know whether or not she did have the worst case scenario happen. Uh, You're walking around the dock and laced shit. You don't remember anything. I don't know. Right? That night had the potential of going horribly wrong. One of her three now kids. Now that I look back at it. One of her three kids has like an eye patch and like a beard down to his <laughs> knees. Looks nothing like the dad. No one asks questions. Thankfully, looking back, uh, that night only ended with me making a fool of myself in front of some hot foreign guys. 
That summer was full of crazy experiences that I am so glad I have. Foreign the job guys. itself was total shit. Your scoop at E. Thank That's you, awesome. Scoop at E. Thank you. That was a, a treasure of information. That's a lot of that awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. What foreign tourists are going to the salmon factory in Alaska? Scary ones. Like, who's Anthony Bourdain and his friends? Like, what is going on? No reservations. no reservations. Just flies in. Who the fuck is going on tourism? Oh, no, like that's some, that's some oh salmon. man mm. the the whiff of factory salmon on the beach to wake you up. Uh, you you never want to go anywhere else. It's <laughs> it's the beach, but it's still totally cold and there's no nighttime. You're gonna love it. <laughs> Best vacation I've been on. <laughs> Paris is so boring. <laughs> oh my god! I went through Alaska briefly, just on the outskirts of it. Yeah, catch a can. And a few other little tourist little spots. Yeah. Just, yeah. but And it's it's beautiful up there, but man. And I've had other friends who have lived in Alaska and done that, that life. It is lawless up there. Well, I wouldn't say lawless, but it is very much the frontier mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not... You, there's a lot of justice that's happening that's not from cops living in Alaska. Yes, and I'd say to your point earlier about your shock at how long these guys are working at those factories, I yeah. doubt labor laws are enforced that heavily up there. Right. Now, because who's going to enforce it? She had to scoop at E. Had to have grown up there, right? You don't. You don't. You don't go. You don't leave well, somewhere she didn't to go. Say, she didn't say. She said she had a summer job. She flew in. She must have lived somewhere else in Alaska. Yeah. Maybe you're not like. But got to be like at least in Oregon or something, right? Yeah. You got to be close enough. She's, she's got like some regular suburban family in Connecticut that just wants like uh, summer camps a little expensive. So we uh, we got I, you a job. I was just looking <laughs> online, found a really good, challenging experience for you. <laughs> Think you could go up to Alaska and uh, work in a salmon processing factory. <laughs> now, granted, Here you want a chastity belt and a taser gun. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we're going to sew you shut. Uh, we, <laughs> You are not old enough to work in the factory line, but you can cook for them. Oh, man. What a craziness. That is, that's a tough one. But you know what? She said it, and I think that's exactly it. What a great experience. Yeah. That stuff she'll always remember. Oh, you know, and if her parents bitch, I mean, if, if her kids ever bitch about whatever job they have. Right. Let me oh. tell you about slinging fish guts. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about cooking for fish gut guys. Let me tell you about needing a gay bodyguard. <laughs> For 12 hours a day. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We are we are out of time, but that was some great scoop mail. Please keep writing us in. Just go right to madmadding.com. Email is right there on the homepage. Uh, we love hearing about your crappy jobs. We want to hear an Italian air show if you got one. <laughs> uh, you want to correct us. We don't mind being corrected. That Not was, at all. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. And uh, 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 if you want any kind of advice from us, those are the kind of things that we've been getting so far. Yeah, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank I you like for the continuing to spread video the game word. Hypothetical is really great. Yeah, uh, keep uh, keep scooping along. Keep uh, adding more scoops as you go, and please subscribe every yeah. time you get a chance with every device that you own. <laughs> Just subscribe. Be subscribing. Subscribe. Be subscribing. Um, and uh, yeah, so coming up this week, we, we, we have a bonus episode for you coming out. And we'll be interviewing uh, American Restorations host Rick Dale and his wife Kelly Dale. That should be uh, awesome. Which should be really fun. We're going to go actually record at his shop, which would be a lot of fun. Probably get some new listeners off of that one. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks for listening, guys. This was the Ice Cream Social. 
Big thanks to Jacob, our audio guy. Don't, don't forget to follow Matt at Sweet Matty D. Don't forget to follow Paul at The Famous Paul. Big thanks to the Inspire Theater. Give us a green room to record. Big thanks to Penn Gillette. And, uh, oh, of course, Tony Longworth, our UK music bitch, for providing the preview music for the hand purse that made my mother cry. The handbag. Handbag, damn it. <laughs> Those are the hand purse. The hand purse that made my mother's purse a bag. <laughs>